Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man who can only be described as a returning champion here on our Crack Racket show. Someone you all know best as a four-time national championship winning head coach. One of the winningest head coaches in Division I men's tennis history and, of course, the head coach of the Georgia men's tennis team. Welcome back to the show, Coach Manny Diaz. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Good to be here with you. Uh, 
It is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat, and let's get right into it. Obviously, the Dogs opening up the NCAA tournament, hosting a couple of matches. Your team able to get impressive victories, 4-0 over Florida Gulf Coast, 4-1 over Oklahoma. How would you assess the opening weekend for the Dogs? Um, you know, very pleased. Uh, our guys, uh, you know, that first match, uh, a little rust. You know, it had been, I think, two weeks since our previous match. Uh, but uh, quickly, uh, you know, got going. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. We played good doubles this past weekend, both matches, uh, and uh, competed well. So uh, excited to still be alive and uh, preparing for one big match here. Super Regional Saturday against uh, Harvard at 2 o'clock. I'm always curious, you mentioned the two weeks of rust, especially at this point in the season where there's four months of wear and tear on all these guys' bodies. How do you pace those two weeks to where, obviously you want your guys to get some rest, but you don't want them to lose that juice? Yeah, well, so, we, you know, we gave them a couple of days off after the, the SEC uh, tournament, you know, three days in a row over there. Um, it was uh, it, it was physical. It was hot. Um, so, you know, we had a we had a actually a, a little rest and then we got back to work. Having said that, you know, we we haven't had indoor courts because we tore our our facility down. We're building a new a $28 million state-of-the-art facility, but it won't be ready until late January, early February uh, of, of 2024. So, uh, you know, we, we had a little bit of rain that first week back. So we, we were able to catch up on a little bit of rest. But like, you know, like I said, you know, when, you, when you're used to playing at least a couple of matches every week, you fall into a rhythm. And while the body needed a little bit of a little bit of rest, um, that that rest, that rest, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, we had to work to get back, you know, uh, all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that new indoor facility. I had the chance to speak with Drake uh, earlier in our series here, and you know, he mentioned a the fact that there's not a name yet assigned to the facility. For what it's worth, my name is available. Like just putting <laughs> it out there. I don't know if I have the the check to cash, but you know, again, it's out there. Um, but what you know, what does that mean to the program? How excited are you? Talk to me a little bit about this new indoor facility. Well, you know, we just, um, you know, we were one of the first uh, schools in the South to have indoor courts. Uh, but we at the time, you know, having four was a luxury. Yeah. Uh, you know, as time went went on, I think we, we uh, ours was built in 1980, I believe. Uh, so it was in we were ready to upgrade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody in the SEC building new facilities, you know, and in a few years back, the NCA required six indoor courts as a backup in order to host. Um, so we kind of fell a little bit out of the rotation. So, um, you know, probably should have been done earlier, but we're, we're happy with, with the product and what we were going to be able to build. It's, it's going to be a fantastic facility, and we're, we're going to be uh, very pleased to be playing in it. One of the biggest blemishes on my resume is I've never been down to Athens for a match. With the opening of the new indoor facility, with just Athens being Athens, I got to get down there. It's on my immediate to-do list, not like down the road. It's on the immediate to-do list for what it's worth. And, you know, again, I was fortunate enough to be there 
broadcasting, I suppose virtually, this past weekend. And a big shock to us was not seeing Trent Bride in the lineup. I know he's battling some injuries. I'm going to ask you about him in a second. But uh, for you guys this past weekend uh, to have, you know, Thomas Pulsell, the sophomore, step into the doubles lineup in that round of 32 match. And for him and Ethan, not just to hold their own, they got a 6-3 win over a really good Oklahoma team. What does that say about the sophomore? What did you think about his performance? I mean, he was ready. Uh, It's a next man up mentality you know uh he came in uh last year towards the end of the year and and really helped us in in one key match um but uh you know everybody was so excited to see thomas get an opportunity and he's prepared for it he's always uh, been such a great teammate um you know the the guys had his back and you know he had our back uh as a as a guy stepping in there and, and trying to fill big shoes, uh, you know, uh, Ethan and Trent were ranked number four in the country. We depend on them uh, uh, in, in, a, in a big way. So for Thomas to come in and I think uh, him and Ethan just have such a great friendship, a great relationship. Same with the other guys. Uh, you know, you saw possibly, uh, you know, as as he clinched that doubles point, you know, all of our guys just just descended upon Thomas and we're very excited for him. So, um, you know, uh, your other point is, you know, Trent just is not injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just had a little stomach, uh, bug mm-hmm. and, uh, and just, uh, had to get some IV. He was not a hundred percent. So, um, I had to think, do I play him in doubles and risk possibly not having him in singles? Um, and I decided that I, I thought we, we could win at number one doubles with, with Thomas. And uh, so it worked out, and uh, Trent gave it a go. But he still had some bad stomach pains. Uh, and after the first set, I just decided to, to, to pull him. And, uh, and we were lucky enough to be able to hold on as a team. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think Georgia fans everywhere. It's the first time they'll be relieved by stomach issues. They'll be like, okay, <laughs> yes, it's not. Right. A, they'll be like, all right, that's fine. We can deal with that. And no, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, obviously, as well. And look, I know how many questions you've gotten about the top of your lineup this year, deservedly so, given the success they've all had. But you talk about pulling Trent after that first set. The reason you're able to do that is because of the depth that's emerged in your lineup and. You know, when we spoke last year, I know you were a big believer in Miguel Perez Pena's game. Even when the results weren't there, you saw something. Well, obviously, this year, 19 and 6 overall, tied for the team lead in singles victories. I don't want to say as simple as what's clicked, but, you know, again, what have you seen from him in his sophomore season? Well, just a process of maturity. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, him settling in and, uh, you know, I think there was a little article written on him just uh, a day or two ago, just, you know, he felt like he was putting a little too much pressure on himself, uh, last year to prove himself, uh, you know, possibly him and Thomas were alternating at six, uh, you certainly no secret that during the early part of the season indoors, we went with Thomas because he's a little bit more comfortable or was a little more comfortable mm-hmm. indoors. Now that's not a factor for uh, for McGill, and uh, he's continued to improve and raise his game. And he's such a physical player; uh, he's just not making the unforced errors he was last year. And uh, you know, he just battles, uh, and you know, our bulldog way kind of thing. And so, uh, the more he won, the more confidence he he got as a player. 
And so I moved him up uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and he's responded. To be honest with you, he may have lost, uh, I don't know, two or three du dual matches, but he's literally four points away from being undefeated. He either had match points, uh, you know, a couple match points against Kentucky in the SEC tournament final and lost that match. A couple of um, uh, other matches he lost, he was one or two points away from winning that match against Bonetto, I think, at Florida. And the one he lost against the Auburn during a regular season, he was just right there a point away. Uh, so he's literally four points away from being undefeated this whole year. It's ridiculous. It's what we've seen on court. And again, the physicality he brings, there's a fight to him as well. You talked about the pressure he was putting on himself last year. Given his track record of success, do you think it was as simple as that for Tito Yuska early in the season? And obviously he has really, you know, raised his level down the season's home stretch. He's won his last five completed matches, I think five and one in his last 10 in total. What flipped for, I mean, is it as simple as we moved outdoors? Like what, what flipped for him as the season progressed? Um, you know, I think um, he's such a good teammate. Uh, he, he comes to practice every day. He's got, you know, uh, guys rib him a little bit uh, because he sometimes uh, can, uh, you know, get the joking in a, in a critical way and the, the banter ensues, but it gets very competitive. So he brings a lot of competitive uh, spirit to our squad. Um, and uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's a battler. He, he's just going to play long points. He's going to uh, compete. Um, you know, he's, 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 um, you know, he's a true bulldog. And and the thing about it is he's done it in one year. I mean, he just comes, somebody comes in uh, as a fifth year grad transfer. You know, you, you have questions as to how is he going to affect the culture? And he's been incredible for our culture. Um, you know, we've been very lucky uh, last three years. We had, um, you know, uh, Hamish Stewart and Tristan McCormick. Um, uh, we just uh, have had luck a great luck with uh, grad transfers. So uh, he, he's, he's been another great asset to our squad this year. It is feel like he has fit the Georgia culture so well, and it does feel like he's taken it upon himself to embrace all aspect of Athens. He's uh, very popular. He just yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does, <laughs> yeah. he does a great job, uh, you know, in, on social media. We yeah. owe a lot of fans. Uh, coming out because he's out there and he knows every statistic of every player. He probably uh, can keep up with you in a, a one-hour discussion as to records and statistics. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he, and he, he, he doesn't need the laptop to cheat either. So that, that's what makes it even more impressive. Well, you know, again, I, knowing what this group has been through as a group and, you know, the fifth years, Henning, Kreuter, Johnston, and Bride, what they've been through on this journey to have last season go the way it did where you guys lose in the round of 32 and obviously just not the season Georgia men's tennis is accustomed to. Right. To have the undefeated SEC season, to be in this position, you know, what does it say about the resilience of those fifth years, Coach? No, they've been in a mission all year. I mean, it, it, uh, they're such a close group. I mean, those uh, we had f four uh, fifth-year seniors that I didn't even have to have a discussion about coming back. I mean, they all were, like, all in. Uh, and, uh, you know, they had some opportunities to move on, uh, but uh, they wanted to, to finish on the right note. You know, it just seems like the last couple of years, a few years back, you know, Jan Zielinski's father failed 
uh, uh, you know, ill, uh, and we we didn't have him at the NCAs last year. I mean, a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, he was our number one singles and doubles player. Uh, last year, you know, Tristan McCormick's knees gave out, and we didn't have him for the NCAA championships either. So it's like uh, the last couple of years, you know, we've had some circumstances where we haven't had, you know, been at full strength. And so, so uh, we're, we're, we're happy that, uh, you know, these guys came back to finish the right way and they deserve that championship ring because they sure uh, put in the work uh, to earn it. Mm-hmm. Now, SEC regular season champions, and obviously you guys are right there in the SEC final not to bring up and open the old wounds, but what does that match do for this group heading into the NCAA tournament? Well, we certainly, you know, uh, our guys were hurt. Our guys were disappointed. I mean, they they worked very hard for it. We put ourselves in a position to win that match. We had three team match points in two separate matches. You know, we had Henning out there in the third set against Alafia, who he had beaten in the previous match. You know, we, you know, but... Like I told them at the end of the match, we, um, you know, I was proud of them because they put it on the line. Uh, they they fought their hearts out, and you know what? It was Kentucky's day. They those guys had no, you know, we're up three one, three one in the dual match, and we're in the third set and 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 three matches, and you know, Freuder serving for the match twice, and and Henning, you know, is in the third with the Lafia and uh, and. Um, Miguel had 15:40 to go up two breaks at 4-1, uh, you know, and you know they come back and they win that deuce point, and all of a sudden you can feel the energy, you know, all of a sudden you're dead in the water, but you have life, and so Kentucky played loose, they went for it, and you got to give them credit. The ball, you know, the ball bounces where you where you hit it most of the time, and they 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 played a great match. I give them all the credit, uh, you know. What I told them, yeah, you're supposed to be disappointed, heartbroken. This, you know, this is a match that we could have, you could say, could have, should have won. Uh, but this is sport, and we've got to move on. And I was proud uh, because these guys have been working uh, so hard. They've been work. They are such a close team. So we've done everything the right way, and and we just got to put it behind us. Uh, we had to, you know, analyze what we could have done better and learn from. Uh, that match and move forward. Uh, and so that's what they've done. They, they've they've forgotten about that match. Let's put it that way. No, I, I'm happy to hear that. And you talk about the chemistry of this group. I'm curious, what are the things this group is doing off the court to build that camaraderie? I'm sure there are competitions. I'm sure there's a team class clown. Um, what are, what are the, some of the off court things this group does to maintain that bond? Well, we, you know, we have, uh, Four guys living together off campus, our seniors, uh, our fifth-year seniors um, that were living together in the dorm as freshmen. They, they've, they're still together. You know, there's incredible bonds between those guys, but not only that. Everybody uh, that's a senior, uh, our five, uh, you know, seniors, just a, a great bond between them and the younger guys like Miguel and Thomas and Ethan, who uh, is a redshirt freshman. He's been here a year and a half now. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's part of our culture to be working on, on these things. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think whether, you know, I I don't know that we got a, we have a clown, but we, we have a lot of smiles and, you know, we have a lot of traditions that we keep, uh, stress, you know, stressing and, um, and this, this group has, 
you know, our goals at the beginning of the year, just to be the hardest working team in the country. And uh, at the same time, the closest team in the country. And I think these guys have definitely hit on, on, um, on two of those, uh, two of those points. Yeah. Here's the thing though. The deck of cards has to come out at some point and there's no way you're not the best card player on the team. Like, let's just be abundantly clear. There's there. I just, uh, there's no way hold you name the game. I'm sure you're good at it, but uh, co- like the cards come out. Who's winning the hands? Um, you mean, well, we got all kinds of games that we yeah, play at buses and airports and hotels yeah. and, you know, it helps brings the team together. We have some modules that we do for team building, sure. but uh, you know, it's highly competitive. We <laughs> yeah. have a highly competitive squad, whether it comes to playing, you know, a catchphrase or we, we we're playing cars or we're playing any kind of games. Um, riddles are very popular on our bus rides. And so there's all kinds of things where these guys really, uh, they live together, right? We've mm-hmm. got about four or five guys in the dorm that live together. We've got four or five guys over here that live together. Um, it's a very close team. And, and uh, you know, it's 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 the culture of, of the program uh, to really work on things to bring these guys together. They spend plenty of time together on the court, but they also enjoy each other off the court. How often are you in the winner's circle? Well, uh, not very often. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be half the fun. Well, I just, th- yeah, I just organize the games. <laughs> 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 that's fine. Take a ten percent fee off the top. That's that's the real winning method. Um, no, I mean, through all that, and obviously you've coached a lot of exceptional teams throughout the course of your uh, your tenure. I'm curious if there's been any part of this 2023 season that surprised you. Well, we certainly um, surprised. Uh, I don't know if I would call it surprise. That might be a euphemism. But, sure. uh, you know, s- certainly starting the, the season at Florida State and losing a match that, you know, I, I just felt like we, we didn't compete. I, I wouldn't say for lack of effort. Sure. Uh, we just didn't we didn't let loose. We didn't uh, assert ourselves. We, we kind of tiptoed around it. Um, uh, we were a little timid and um, quickly – we addressed those things and, you know, it was just like, uh, you know, we, we kind of just take, took one step forward and kind of one step back. And we, we were a little tentative in the early goings and it cost us, uh, you know, a few matches, but I, I saw something special in this group and, and that, uh, every time we, we took an early loss, uh, as, as disappointing and, and hurt, hurtful that they were, they, they bounced back the next match. Uh, against a tough opponent, and uh, they would never, they would never give in. They would never give up. Uh, so we just had to work through a few things, and uh, as we went along, we we gained, uh, I think, grit and uh, and and toughness, and we turned a negative into a positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's the resilience of this group has been one of the biggest stories, and. Hold that thought because I want to address it more a little bit later. Final home stretch here of questions. Sweet 16, you guys face Harvard. That match is at home. You know, what is it going to take? What are your thoughts on the matchup? Well, they certainly have a great team. They've been top 10 this year. Um, we don't see them very often. We, we, we don't know a whole lot about uh, some of their guys, but we certainly are working on that. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a battle and uh, as it should be any round of 16 match. And certainly 
uh, playing at home uh, is is going to benefit us. I hope it's hot. Uh, that would benefit us, right? Um, and uh, and you know, so our guys just got done with final exams. So you know, we all have to take them. Um, I'm sure Harbor's having to deal with quadratic uh, equations more than <laughs> we do. Uh, but uh, you know, so you know, we just you know. They're they're a very good team, um, and uh, we're going to have to play our best. That's that's what I tell the guys. Nothing but your best is going to beat uh, anyone anyone at this stage of the game. And so uh, we've got to play inspired tennis. We got to be assertive. We got to you know we got to trust ourselves and play to win. Can I offer a crowd pleasing suggestion? Okay. No, you'll like it. I promise. In <laughs> honor of 2008, 15 years ago. Jamie Versanum, one point, decides who serves on every court. <laughs> what? You've the, got way too much imagination, Alan. <laughs> well, that was the matchup, right, from the semifinals, 4-3, where I know Sonam obviously dealing with some physical issues in that match. This is what I do, Coach. That, that's like 13-year-old me. Yeah, that, ma- that match is my strike zone. Uh, I can't believe it was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, so – yeah, no, that was a huge match. Uh, Virginia had a great team. They had undefeated. Undefeated. And yeah. not only that, but, um, you know, the, the best uh, player yeah. in the country at one, the best number six man at six. Angelinos, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to have a ceremonial uh, handshake uh, uh, <laughs> on uh, center court here. But uh, yeah. you know, Jamie Hunt was tough. And uh, Sanam uh, was cramping, I think, by the end of the second set. Uh, and, uh, that third set was, you know, was sad to watch because, you know, Saddam wasn't, uh, at full strength, but, uh, you know, it it was, it was, uh, one of our our greatest victories there against a very, very good team. That's why I think Saddam would agree to do it because he's like, I kind of want one more point, not cramping. Like (laughs) if Jamie's in, I'm in. And so that's why I thought it's a worthwhile pitch. I'll, I'll send a text to each of them. See if we can't make it happen. That is a great suggestion. I'll take you (laughs) up. <laughs> exactly. If nothing else, a little photo op to mess with Sonam before go. the match. But, you know, you guys do have that opportunity to host the Super Regional as a top eight seed, and you've played both formats. I'm curious your thoughts, uh, and I know we've talked about this broadly before, but you're hosting this weekend, the benefits of that and your thought on the two different formats. Um, no, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, you know, um, I um, we haven't made it to the final eight site uh, the last two years, so I don't know if eight teams there takes anything away from having sixteen teams there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if it, you know just having eight teams if it, if that robs a little bit of the enthusiasm to the whole event that we used to have with final sixteen teams there. But, I, but we'll we'll see. But I I think it's great uh, that the top eight eight guys have, uh, you know, an opportunity to, um, to, uh, host and, uh, you know, and, and that's well earned, right. That's, that's a great part of it. It's always a good day when you get the Athens tennis community out to enjoy some college tennis. I mentioned that resiliency piece of your team. This is where I want to bring it back full circle. A question I want to ask all of you coaches and brains, followers of college tennis far better than mine about this 2023 season. It's been a great year and there have been so many storylines and 
I do want to let you know that one of the storylines many have pointed to has been the resilience of your Georgia team, the way you guys have bounced back after last season. Many people have been very, again, impressed by what you guys have done, and I, I, you guys deserve to know that. Is there a team, coach, player outside of your program this year that has particularly impressed you this season? Gosh, uh, there's there's many. I mean, you know, you have, uh, you know, Johannes Mon- Monday uh, has been outstanding and, and continues to improve. Uh, um, you know, just just seeing the depth in, in on the men's side is is you know when I started coaching 35 years ago as a head coach, but 41 years I've been at Georgia. Um, you know, if in the early goings, I mean, if if you played somebody outside the top 15 as a as an elite team, right? Uh, you know. It's like you didn't really have to push that hard. You know, we play we play teams ranked outside the top 35 now. And if you're not at your best, you you, you definitely are looking for trouble. You're going to get beat. Uh, but uh, as far as players, it's just many. I mean, Arthur Ferry was uh, phenomenal when we when we played against him. Uh, you know, just uh, a tremendous, uh, you know, depth at the number one singles position. If you if you took, you know, the top number one players on the top 20 uh teams in the country uh you know you could uh you could certainly have one heck of a tournament and yeah. you will uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no exactly that's i'm gonna uh do a little spin-off start an agency and those will be my first 20 clients and like three of them will hit and so now i'm off and running um well in that spirit and again, I'm, I'm asking every coach this question. 16 teams remaining, Super Regionals this weekend. You think there's a favorite right now to win the men's title? Um, you know, favorite, uh, you know, you, 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 you definitely have to recognize the success uh, that uh, TCU had at, at the indoors and, and what Texas has done. Uh, but certainly, uh, I think there's probably, you know, six, six to eight teams that – that have a chance at winning this tournament. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a number 10 team, uh, 10 seed uh, winning this tournament, you know? Um, so uh, it's anybody's, it's anybody's tournament in my, in my view. Um, you know, I think anybody can beat anybody. The The key is like, once you get to Lake Nona, you've got to put three matches together. And it's, so it's whoever is playing best during those three days. Yeah. And I think any team is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really fun, and that's why we're all excited to follow along. Well, with all that said, my last question for you, because you are the best person to offer insight on this thing. The big news, of course, last week, your longtime colleague and I know dear friend Jeff Wallace announcing he's going to retire at the end of this season. Now, your former national championship winning player, Drake Bernstein, announced as the next head coach, Talk to me about, you know, again, your relationship with Jeff over the years and what it means for to you to see Drake elevated to the top spot. Well, certainly just uh, wishing Jeff all the uh, happiness in the world. I mean, he's my, you know, he's my neighbor, yeah. number one. Um, you know, his wife and my wife are first cousins from Canada. Mm-hmm. I made my wife through Jeff and his wife, Sabina, um, you know, 38 years ago or whatever that was. Uh, uh, it, you know, we we wish him the very best. He deserves, uh, you know, he's he's into golf now, so he's going to be playing <laughs> golf courses all over the world. Um, and um, 
you know, the funny thing is like he was a he was a senior as a player here when my first year as an assistant. So I coached him and he's retiring before me. No, I uh, I certainly uh, I'm certainly the old guy, but still hanging in there, uh, still having fun, still have plenty of energy. So uh, it's not my time. I'm still, uh, you know, committed to these guys and uh, a great recruiting class that we have coming in. But uh, to answer your second question, Drake Bernstein, you couldn't find a better candidate here. He bleeds red and black. He is a player here. He know what the, he knows what the culture of this program is about, and he's going to have. He's relentless. He's very competitive, and you know he's responsible for so many of these girls being here. So it's a pretty uh, it's great continuity for our women's program, and uh, he's going to have tremendous success in the future. Yeah, it's first of all, it's a testament to your longevity, your enthusiasm that you are still rocking and rolling. And I agree. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And again, all of us are looking forward to watching the Bulldogs compete coming up this weekend against Harvard, a match we're fortunate enough to have uh, on our stream. And uh, obviously, we've been fortunate to speak with you so many times, Coach, and I'm always grateful for you taking the time to chat with us. Obviously, wishing you and the dogs success uh, throughout the course of this weekend. So be safe. Safe, be healthy. Always a pleasure getting the chance to chat. Look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, as Take always, care. Coach, go dogs. Take care. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at crack rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer daniel westoff who has a of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support turna tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone